0: Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Whenever Pope Francis does something that sounds Catholic, there are two ways of judging the response. If on the one hand his usual supporters and allies are responding with borderline sadness and incomprehensible outcries of unrestrained passions, then you might have be able to risk some optimism. And I said Might. Now, on the other hand, if they respond with an explanation of how it doesn't matter in the context of some other situation, be wary, because that's usually a sign that whatever was done may have been done for show. Today, I have a story that broke a couple of days ago, but I held off reporting on it until the reactions came rolling in. Now, I'll let you judge for yourself if this is something to praise Francis for, or if it's just another distraction. So let's get to it. For this story, let's begin with the basics. You've probably heard by now that Francis has revised the code of canon law, tightening the reins on a number of areas. Let's start with Gloria TV, where we get this. Quote, Francis issued the June 1st Apostolic Constitution, Pachite Gregum Dei, Tend the Flock of God, which will enter into force on December 8th, introducing changes to canon law concerning penalties and the consequences therein. The issues covered include the whole Ted McCarrick topic, as well as those that are related to the Vatican using Peter's Pence funds for buying into London condominium projects and the making of Hollywood films. But the big change here is this, administering a sacrament to those who are prohibited from receiving it, of which the classical example is, much to Francis's displeasure, the Eucharist to anyone and everyone who wants it. This has been a high-profile point of discussion in the Church in America and other places due to Caesar being described as being highly devout while being part of the Coterie of Moloch. But the fascinating part of this discussion isn't focused on the Eucharist. It's focused on ordination, specifically on whether the Church will enable potential Father Brenda's to receive the Sacrament of Ordination. This is but There has been talk of expanding the diaconate in this way, and of even bringing back the minor orders and allowing the folks in question to receive a quasi-sacrament of ordination for this, which would in effect crack open the door to expanding ordination in the way the world and Caesar have been clamoring for for decades now. And I'll get to that in a moment. But in the case of the basic revision regarding essentially misapplication of the sacraments, the unnamed author of the Gloria TV piece states something obvious that most people aren't aware of regarding the 1983 Code of Canon Law. Its language is labored, and it hasn't helped enforce the norms of ecclesiastical life in the Church in the slightest. Quote, The Canons state in a labored formulation that much damage has been caused by the Council's failure to perceive the relationship between the exercise of charity and the discipline of punishment. Francis explains the Truism that it is a duty of justice to impose penalties, and that charity requires that pastors have recourse to the canonical system as often as is necessary end quote. And as the author says, until this is used in an even handed manner, regardless of where those subject to this system falls on the Trad versus Modernist divide, the changes are otherwise meaningless. But what about ordination? For that we go to the Twitter account of a National Catholic Reporter writer. Now remember, the National Catholic Reporter is often on Francis's side in the Great Divide, most often criticizing him for not going far enough in the promotion of modernism. The writer is Joshua McElway, and he uses so many hashtags in his tweet that I'll just give you the text of his tweet instead of screenshots, because otherwise the tweets would be incomprehensible for most viewers not used to seeing how Twitter was used back in 2015, since most people don't use Twitter that way anymore. But Quoting Mr. McElway, Pope Francis's new revision today to the Code of Canon Law incorporates a 2007 decree from the Vatican's doctrinal office that whoever attempts to confer a sacred order on a potential Father Brenda shall be automatically excommunicated from the Church, along with the recipient. At the Vatican press conference presenting the new code, Catholic reporter Cindy Wooden asked an interesting question of the number two official at the Pontifical Council for Legislative Texts: With Pope Francis ordering the study of deacon of the expanded deacon diaconate, why not narrow sacred to priestly order? The law depends on the theological conclusion, Bishop Juan Ignacio Arieta responded. If a different theological conclusion arrives, the norm must be modified. End quote. Now, why did I include that? Because the response from Bishop Juan Ignacio Arieta is critical here. If a, bishop theolo- if a different theological conclusion is arrived upon, then the norm, meaning canon law in this case, must be changed. In other words, while a new code of canon law is being issued, at least in this regard, at least this portion of the canon law, the door is always open. If anything sums up modernism from the perspective of the modernists, it is what Bishop Erietta stated. A different theological conclusion arrives, the norms must be modified. That can apply to the Eucharist, to holy orders, to the questions that divide Catholics from the Orthodox. You name it, it applies. And equipped with a nouveau théologie, a new theology, that is what they call it, a new theology. Different theological conclusions are arrived at all the time. The reaction to this has been rather predictable. In some quarters, there has been, been much wailing and gnashing of teeth because it has been reported widely that the door has been closed on the Father Brenda issue. We see Mr. Voris' operation praising Francis for this. And if it is true that this issue has been settled, then Francis is due some praise for it. I won't deny him that. But what is telling in all this is that the best minds among the modernists today are not wailing and gnashing their teeth at all. They are instead invoking, you guessed it, synodality in the synodal process. Bishop Barron hasn't commented on this yet, and he probably won't. Now, one thing to bear in mind with this is that people are pointing out that these changes may not be that binding or on the expanding of the diaconate, to include deacon Susan anyway, as the history of canon ten twenty four is rooted in priestly ordination, which equals sacred ordination, which is not the term used for the diaconate. The diaconate is not technically part of the priesthood, and there's the rub, sure the day may be, the door may be closed now for on opening the door to ordaining whomever the world wants the church to ordain, but that is hardly going to be binding in the short term. But elsewhere, people are positing that this is what the change refers to. The central question many observers are focusing on with this new norm seems to be what is meant by prohibited. Does it simply mean prohibited by previously imposed declared sanction, or does it apply to a broader understanding of prohibition, such that it incorporates norms like all of Canon 915 or the Code of Canon Law, which refers to not denying someone the sacraments if they are properly disposed to receiving them. This would include anyone who is metaphysically capable of becoming a priest or the Eucharist being received by virtually anyone, since how vaguely this part of Canon Law is read and upheld these days. But for the real game here, a much clearer part of the game, let's Check in with the head of the modernist intellectual movement, Massimo Facioli, the man who told us regarding the Latin Mass that we could keep our timeless Catholic liturgy, but not our timeless Catholic theology. I want you to remember those words because it, again, gives his theology away. On Twitter, he went and explained that the real aim here may be, at least for those who want to expand ordination, to include every Tom, Jane, and Harriet. Quoting his Twitter, Short thread on synodality and canon law, including recent changes to canon law. The synodal processes will have to pay full regard to canon law in the way they are celebrated. Hence the central role of the bishops. That having been said, it is a critical part of the process that where canon law needs to change. A reason case should be made by the synods, knowing that it is only the Holy See who can alter canon law. Synods and bishops' conferences have no competency in that respect, but the synods can recommend that the bishops' conferences approach the Holy See to effect change in specified respects. That is to say, current canon law is not the final word of the Catholic Church, and even less a binding force for the synodal process. To put it most simply, the Church is going to be entering a church-wide synod of bishops this coming year, and part of that program is to have the various national conferences of Catholic bishops meet to hash things out among themselves before bringing things back to Rome. This part of the synodal process is where Mr. Fascioli believes that canon law either doesn't apply or can be changed. It's a novel idea, and one that I suspect the bishops will run with. But there is another aspect to this that I'll briefly touch on here. We've seen widely in America, Europe, and other places where modernism has really taken firm hold that lay ministries and work in chanceries and other parts of liturgical life that the spirit of Vatican II was heavily emphasized had been open to any lay person who wanted to do them for some time now. And we're talking about this going back decades, including altar servers and the like. Francis issued a short decree that enshrines this, meaning the reasonably traditionally minded priests and bishops who want to enforce traditional Catholic methods for doing these works won't be able to do so. And if you want to know how this impacts uh, parish life, part of the reason vocations have collapsed in the last few decades is because of this expansion. In many cases, most of these have been closed to anybody who wasn't essentially discerning the priesthood. Now, A lot of that's been missing from this, and it has now been made the norm for the Church Universal, hence the collapse in vocations. It's odd that people miss this, since Reuters decided to report on it, and I have a link to that story from The Standard and the other reports on this listed in today's show notes at returntotradition.org. That's returntotradition.org, the name of this channel with a .org at the end. You'll find all the sources listed there for your convenient perusal. Now, so what do you think of this? Is credit due to Francis on this, or is Massimo Fascioli giving the game away here? Will this be settled in the coming synods? While it is speculation, I'll say that we'll see some movement on expanding ordination in the direction of favoring the world and materialism on this topic. So in that, I think Mr. Fascioli is correct. But what do you think? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. And as always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.